We are back on high tight on this cold and chilly Monday morning. Wilson Chong here alongside Logan Perone and Logan. It's been a weird week in sports and in uh, the world. Yeah, it's it's been extremely rough, especially for me. <laughs> I'm da- I'm still down the flu. <laughs> oh yeah, if people don't know, Logan has the flu and he's been sick about this what is, all week. Right? I've been sick since last Wednesday. <laughs> Oh God! And for those of you who know me, I pride myself on you know I I don't get sick. I literally say I don't get sick. And guess what? I go to the doctor and he goes, "Dude, you, you've got the flu. Like I can't I can't do anything for you, but prescribe you the medicine and you know, and and of course the medicine that he gave me, I can't get the flu shot. So I gotta go back to work today and risk getting it again." <laughs> Getting in again, and so, yeah, I'm all over the place. Everything's fuzzy. I'm, like, so off my game right now. I'm behind in my classes now. It's It's been a rough week for me, but like you said, it's been a rough week in a all over the sporting world. Also, in the especially world. Especially baseball. The Iowa caucuses? That was weird. The Iowa caucuses. The, we're not going to, we're not, we don't talk politics here, but. But that was weird. That was very weird. Horrible. Also, Horrible. also, did you watch the Oscars last? Nope. I was passed out by four o'clock. I'll say this though. Parasite looks like a good movie. I have not seen it yet, but it looks like a good movie. What's Parasite? <laughs> it's a South Korean film. Ah. It won Best Picture. Really? It, it became the first foreign film to ever win that. Hmm. I say we go see it. Well, you and me should watch it yeah. sometime. Might let's do well. it. But let's move on to the biggest news of the day. And this was what this happened right after we finished. It was Mookie Betts goes to the Dodgers. Now, there were some delays involved, and the deal was officially announced yesterday. But let's go back to Monday, though. The original deal, which was Betts and Price goes go to the Dodgers. Prospects from the Dodgers, Alex Vertigo, goes to Boston. The Twins were also involved in that deal. They would be sending Bruce Star Gratterall, and the Twins were also received Kenta Maeda from that deal, too. And then what happened immediately right after that deal, we got reports saying the Dodgers and the Angels made, had a deal about with, about Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling for Luis Rangifo. Then delays and Boston's didn't like the fact that Gratterall Medical showed them that he was a reliever at best caused delays and it caused the deal to basically collapse and we instead of having a full three team deal we had a two two separate deals and one Jack Pearson deal that did not happen so here's now the new deal the Dodgers still get bets and price and and the Red Sox also have to pay half of Price's contract the Dodgers they still have to send Alex Burgo but, but the Dunio now, they have to send in a prospect, Jeter Downs, who they acquired last year from Cincinnati for Yasiel Puig. And the Twins, and the Twins and the Dodgers made their own deal. They, 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 the Twins still get Kenta Maeda, and the Dodgers get Gratterall. Why also, the Dodgers also have to pay $10 million of Maeda's contract to the Twins, and some other things happen. And... Not to mention, the Dr. Pearson deal did not happen because apparently Art Moreno was very unhappy with how it turned out. But let's let's check back and just let's look at how each team fared. Logan, Dodgers going to win the World Series right now? They're certainly the favorites. And that, and that's what you got you to gotta give, uh, give them credit after this trade. They got arguably the best outfielder. Uh, in baseball after Mike Trout in Mookie Betts. They have uh, an elite arm in David Price who, again, needs a bounce-back year and I think a new city, uh, you know, will fare him well. They also get Gratterall, right? That's how you pronounce it? Brewster Gratterall. Yes. He was the Twins' 86th best prospect. And this is a guy that can constantly throw 100 miles an hour. With a slider. It's wicked. So you have now you have picture this. I, I I take it back to again from my experience the four aces in Philadelphia. You have Walker Bueller starting opening day. 
followed by Kershaw, Price, Gratterall, and I think Alex Gratterall's Wood. Gratterall's going to be a reliever. He's not going to start. I don't, I don't, I'm not so sure about that. Because when you look at, I know the physical uh, that would have sent him to the Red Sox, uh, you know, said he wasn't a starter. He was able to be a reliever. I think he has the potential to be a starter still. We'll just have to see how spring training pans out. But if you're asking me, I think he'll be a starter. It just seems unlikely to me that a Maeda for Gratterall, you know, plus prospects trade, it does, that just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, but he, okay, I'll say this though. Here's something that you don't know about Gratterall. Now, you, when you say about the rotation, you f- completely forget about Dustin May. Remember, remember that. Dustin May is probably going to be the fourth starter. But number two, more importantly, here's about something about Gratterall. His, he had Tommy John surgery lot, two years ago. He's only and t- he's 21. Teams are very hesitant to start players who had Tommy John surgery and who were 21. There are very few exceptions. Paddock probably is the first thing that I can think of. And also here's something you also don't know. I've had people from Minnesota tell me that his his style of play is very aggressive. That he would not fit well as a starter. He is at best to me as a from what I've been told as a closer, probably someone who can play setup. But I could possibly see his career a little bit reminds me of Carlos Martinez. A very aggressive arming, very aggressive pitching style with some with skills that I think right now at best he would probably be a, clo- a closer for me. But also, I want to say, say this though. The outfield of Peterson, Bellinger, Betts. That's pretty good. And you also have to remember they have don't they have still have AJ Pollock? Yeah, they still have AJ Pollock. Like th- this is a guy that they actively pursued last off season, and is now going to be a bench player. I mean, maybe he, a, he probably a trade he piece. Has, he and Peterson are probably going to be platooning because right. probably going to be playing lots of fielders. Right. Yeah. It's still though you have three All Star caliber outfielders with Jock, Mookie, and. Bellinger, literally the reigning NL MVP and the AL MVP from 2018. But you also have this guy that you, in my opinion, overpaid a little bit for in 20, uh, the 2018 offseason going into 2019. You know, it's a really good team. I'm starting to think they're getting almost too stacked with talent. But yeah, no, when you look at those three right there, plus Pollock, even if one of them goes down, that's an elite outfield right there. I want to, I want to move on to the Red Sox side of the deal, and I'll say this though: when we first heard the deal before they had Gio Downs, we were all laughing in their faces because we were talking to Chamber. We were all talking about how Chamber did a bad job, where all he got was Vertigo and Gratterall. Now he got a much better deal in Vertigo and Downs that. People who have, for, to me, have compared him to, compared this deal to what the D-backs got from Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. 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 Absolutely. When they got, uh, is Jeter Downs. Jeter Downs. Jeter Downs and Alex Verdugo. They're getting a really good outfielder who's still young, as well as a prime prospect at shortstop. And when you look at how you know Bogarts is aging, when you look at uh, you know. A, Obviously, they Red, traded. Red Sox have wanted to be the the next second baseman post Dustin Pedroia. Right. Yeah. They like he wasn't meant to be the shortstop. Xander Bogarts. No. No, he wasn't. And Jeter Downs gives them that option to, as Bogarts gets older, move Bogarts over to shortstop, bring up Downs, see how he plays in that shortstop role. Alex Verdugo, a power hitting outfielder, and it's something that the Red Sox have had in Mookie Betts. But again, they just didn't want to hold on to that contract. So really, when they give up Mookie Betts, they're still gaining the same type of talent, just not the same caliber uh, in Alex Verdugo. Yeah, I mean, the Red Sox, for me, they they, they did better than I thought. Jane Boom did a nice job. Now, delays have prompted the deal to, it took, what, almost a week to get the deal officially announced, but... This, to me, the Red Sox did a good job. And now let's try and move to the Twins side of the deal, where the Twins, they needed a starter. They f- they flopped on Wheeler. They flopped on Ryu. They didn't really try on Keiko. 
and they didn't and they really didn't try on Baumgartner. But Kenta Maeda, you think he will take try take them to their first playoff win in over fourteen years? Yeah, I think it's to be determined. Um, I I do think he will be elevated uh, to a different level of uh, you know cons- or considered to be a different level of pitcher, especially in that division. We know the Tigers aren't that great. We know the Royals are struggling. Um, the White Sox are coming up, and the Indians are, you know, hit or miss, really, I guess. And so with Kenta Maeda uh, headlining, in my opinion, that rotation, and while Grant, I don't think he'll headline it, but when you add him to that rotation... Uh, with with Barrios, Odorizzi, Homer Bailey. Yeah, Homer Bailey and Rich Hill potentially halfway through the season. That, to me, is... a uh, Solid uh, rotation, you know, solid five arms. That yeah, I think also adding Michael Maeda. Michael Pineda comes back from his PED oh, suspension. Yeah, I almost for- see. I always forget about Pineda because he didn't. Uh, he he didn't, didn't play the back half of the no because 2019 season. He didn't play back half because like he was founded of using PEDs, but he had a legitimate good reason because for using that. So he didn't get the full 81, but he got close enough just because he took it. But right, you know, and. and when you look at that rotation, plus, uh, you know... Kenta Maeda. Kenta Maeda, yeah. It, it, to me, shows prospects to not just win uh, the Nash, uh, American League Central, but also, like you said, go in and win a postseason series. Not just a game. I think they have the potential to win a series. I, I still don't think they do. Well, and it, to me, it depends on who they play. I still don't think they do, no matter who they play, but I'll explain why. So, even with Donaldson now, yes, I'll, I'll explain okay. why. So, first off, let's go. For, I'm gonna go, go my Kenta Maeda real quick. I have told many Twins fans, including Nash Walker, who does Locked On Twins and the host of the Nash Walker Show. You can listen to him every Tuesday at 4 p.m. I have told him the fact that losing the 86th best prospect in baseball is not worth it for someone who, at best, in this entire Dodgers career, could only start 15 games a year. Now, what I th- it has been better, kind of, with the $10 million that the Dodgers are giving, where the Twins are basically get- getting him for free, let's be honest here. So it, it softened it a little bit, but I- I'm going to explain why the Twins, I don't consider Twins a postseason threat yet. There are five, there, you need five things to win a championship. To be good or great at five things. Hit for contact, hit for power, Base running, pitching, and fielding. Right now, the Twins are two and a half of them. Hit for contact, hit for power, and pitching. The half comes from the bullpen, which was underratedly good. Do, do not watch the postseason because that did not tell you how underratedly good the Twins' bullpen was. But I'll say this. It's that the pitching staff's not good enough. I am not afraid, to be honest, of a Jose Barrios, Jake Dodorizzi, Michael Pineda, Kenta Maeda, and a Homer Bailey lineup, pitching with staff. I am not afraid of that. If they got someone, say, John Gray or Robbie Ray, yeah, I give them three out of five, and they would, I would take them a little bit more seriously. But right now, unless they get a, unless they get a really good, a low two seconds, a low two high three starter, they will n- never be a postseason threat. And I'm sorry, Kenta Maeda is not that. Homer Bailey is not that. No, I think Michael, those I think oh. those guys are f- solid three to five guys. But they're not good enough for me. They're not good enough because I, I just want to say Michael Pineda, solid three guy. But to me, he's at best a low three, high four. He's not a a three to, to, for me yet. You need someone like a Rob Ray to elevate you. And unless they do, they're gonna. I'm I'm sorry. They're, they're gonna lose unless they get improve that pitching staff. They're, because let's be honest, they're they're never they will never be a great base running team. Not with Miguel Sano playing first base. I'm sorry. They also will never be a great fielding team since when you look at out against average, only about three players are above average. Buxton, Kepler, and Donaldson. That's it. Everyone else is not great, but from average to not great. And to me, the Twins, I don't see the Twins getting that pitching staff for me. Do I, can I, could I be wrong? 
Yeah, I could be wrong. It's all relative to, I think, how the season plays out and how these guys develop, uh, you know, in camp and through the season. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, again, you have a lot of talent that's kind of uh, edging their way towards their prime. There's still room for improvement. But then that pitching staff, like you said, you, Hill's not a number two guy. No. Neither is Homer Bailey. And you can argue Ken Maeda, but he's more of a 3-4 guy. I, I, I think he's even worse. I think he's the best a low five guy. To, I, to Ryan, a Yar, I think he's a, he's a, a Ryan Yarbrough type player. I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's a 3-4 guy. And when you look at a team like that that has three guys that you know can't you can't push them in the rotation anywhere past a 3-4-5 uh, spot, yeah, you're you're gambling a little bit with the, especially with the youth that you have in your one and two spots, and yes, this team isn't a great base running team, but so what? It, it I think when you look down the line at that division, and you look down the line at the American League, there's the potential there for them to make a solid run, and yes, maybe if they win a series, it's the wild card game. I don't think they'll win against the Yankees, who, in my opinion, are undoubtedly going to be the number one seed going into the 2020 postseason. Bold prediction there, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I I just think that you're being a little too harsh on this uh, on this Minnesota, to, uh, Minnesota Twins team. Ooh, man. I, I, I'm just being harsh because of the fact that, I'll say this, because I watched the Cardinals. They were able to do three things, and that, that took them to the NLCS. Fielding, pitching, and base running. That took them all the way. They didn't have hit for, they couldn't hit for contact or hit for power. Actually, they could play a hit for all, but yet, getting, they still were great at three aspects of the game, three out of the five, and it took them to an NLCS. When you look at every World Series winner and ever, they have done at least good in four out of the five. Going to a World Series takes at least three out of the five. I'm not, I don't think the Twins can go anywhere near that unless they get a good pitching staff. Or figure out how to base good base run and how we feel. But enough about that. Let's try to move on and let's talk about some more. How we call it? Astrogate? Uh, uh, do we call it Buzzgate? Do we call it Trashgate? Do we call I, let's it? Let's call it Astrogate. Uh, I'm. I want to call it Trashbanggate. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> there's not. There's not a good name. It's not like the Flake Gate. There's not a good name for this. No. But a lot of interesting things came out. On Friday, let's begin with number one, where a report from the Wall Street Journal came out saying that the Astros used a computer program called Codebreaker that was introduced by an intern in September of 2016. Now, I'm uh, sorry, the name Code the name Codebreaker just makes me like. Also, here's, here's the funny thing too. <coughs> makes me even more. We sick. also the. The entire program had dark arts, yes, dark arts written into it, <laughs> and it was used to decode catcher signs in 17 and parts of 18. Now, I have been very conservative on this, but I'll say this. It's one thing to bank trash cans, the steel signs, and bank trash cans. It's another to use a computer system to decode the signs for you. And then use the trash cans. That's what that's what I think gets me the most is again again, you go back to uh the commissioner's report. It says clear as day that the whole scheme was player driven. What player is making a spreadsheet that is titled Codebreaker and Dark Arts? That's how you know that this entire thing was organized by the front office. Oh, here's, here's also the funny thing. Lou now, even though the report said he did not know about it, the <laughs> intern told Lou now about it, and Lou now asked questions about it. You yeah. just got caught. Lou now, you just got caught. He, well, he got caught in the first place, but this, without a doubt, incriminates him to a whole nother level. And I am sorry, but if... The commissioner does not fix the if punishment not him to life. just ban him for life. Uh, do I, I don't know if Hinch should be banned for life, but I think maybe we'll get that, a, we'll, an we'll extension get that, that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But no, Lou now needs to go for life because this, to me, is without a doubt proof 
that Luno had more say in it than the commissioner's report uh, led us to believe. It also made the commissioner look bad because... Well, it Rob Manfred already makes himself look bad with all his stupid rules, like the three batter rule. I, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that. But again, it's in my opinion, it's just another way that Rob Manfred is failing at his job. He's more sincerely. I'll admit that. I, 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 pref- I am not going to lie. I prefer Bud Selig. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest here. I like the way Manfred was thinking, but when it comes to issues like these, he has no idea what's going on. Nope. But enough about that. And let's, Another thing that also came out on Friday was AJ Hinch officially had his first interview ever since the Astros date came out. And I'm going to play a part of the interview that was very interesting to me, which was him playing the buzzers. Now, I'm going to play the and you I'll t- I'm going I'm going to explain right after. There was nothing to it. Can you assure us there were no buzzers or anything like that being Well, used? the commissioner, we got investigated for three months, and the commissioner's office did as thorough an investigation as anyone could imagine was possible. I mean, I know he mentioned the, the emails and the texts and the... So, I'm going to explain. So, what, what Hinch said was the commissioner was thorough and they did their job. Now... Hinch, this was a yes, no. Hinch could have said no. He could have said no. Yet, he didn't. What does this tell you about Hinch? So, I'll, I'll say one thing, plain and simple. Hinch knows more than he uh, comes out and says he knows. Because when you when you look at it, this is a simple yes, no question like you said. If they didn't use buzzers, he would have just said, no, we did not. You shut down that allegation as fast as you can. But he, all he, he, he couldn't either, he, he, he just had to go CIA, full federal agent saying, I can neither confirm nor deny. That, that's essentially what he did. He dragged on that question. He said, hey, listen, they did their job. They, they found out everything they need to know. Cause obviously they didn't. Like to me, it's baffling how blind of an eye and I get it the Astros and uh, the team that they are now and whatever they bring in a lot of money for baseball their base they were baseball's uh, you know golden boy for the last three years because what? this is a team that you could root for because they were so bad since 2015 since 2015 since literally since their rebrand gosh that was what almost 20 that was 2013 20 they moved to the AL was 2013 2013 since the rebrand, they were a team that you could sort of kind of love. And then when they started winning, you're like, man, they went from rags to riches. Great story. And baseball just keeps turning, and especially Rob Manfred, keeps turning a blind eye to the fact that there's more cheating going on than what we know. Everything that, again, when you look at a... you know other players that come out, especially Trevor Bauer, I've heard from multiple people that this happened. Uh, and then other players go, yeah, I've heard this too. And then AJ Hinch doesn't outright deny it. Now he did. He did. Now the entire interview, if you watch the rest of the interview, he did deny the, the report saying that they used whistle. They whistled during the 2019 ALCS against the Yankees. He did deny that. But I want. I want. I want. I want to talk about the overall interview. And my my reaction from that. Was it felt sincere from for me, but it wasn't enough. And also for me, it was Hinch. I I does it does will Hinch get a job? Yes, no, I think yeah. But that that's the thing that I'm kind of I have mixed feelings about. Hinch will get a job because regardless of. Uh, the cheating that he allowed to go on and the environment that he created. He still is a nice guy. He is a gr- not just a nice guy. I think he's a great manager. Yeah. I think the way that he managed uh, the bullpen of that Houston Astros team in the last uh, four or five years or however long he's been there, uh, you know, it's been something that Houston's needed. And regardless of the cheating, they were a better team. 
They had better talent, but they had a really good manager at the helm of that talent. Now, there are teams, and I guarantee you, there are teams that after the end of his suspension are going to say, we need a good leader, and he's going to be a guy that's going to get a job regardless. I think that baseball is going to have to do the business. It's almost like a business decision. Yeah. Yeah, you have this black mark, you know, this mark on you, but you are the guy that's going to get the job done. So regardless, expect him to get a job uh, somewhere in 2021. There's a part of the the interview where he said, he did say when he was asked about the whistling question that he was going to protect his players. He he was a players manager. And it it kind of showed that he didn't, he didn't call out Bregman. He didn't call out Altuve at all. He, he didn't call anyone from that. He said it was his fault. It was he he was the reason why he let this happen. It, it, it was happened, and he should he could have stopped it. Right. And to me, if that felt sincere, but it wasn't enough for me. No, it's I think his apology was sincere because he's been around the game for over two decades. Yeah. And he's a guy that you know really loves the game. This is the first spring that he's not involved. In fact, can't even At be any point. can't can't be around Major League Baseball. He's not even allowed in the ballpark. He's not allowed At and minor leagues. He can't he's not allowed No, anywhere in professional baseball, he is banned. The only place he can be at he is at best a NCAA baseball game mm-hmm. which hey, hey, you want to come to Mizzou for a year? Hey, listen, I I'm cool with what we got here. You know, keep Hinch out of here. But listen, for me and this is something that I think John Boy, the guy that kind of broke all this news, he did another part. He did another video because, you know, I'm sick in bed all day Sunday, and I watch it, and he points out that even in this apology, he doesn't call out any of the players. Yeah. And in the report, it calls out people that aren't it, there anymore. It called out Beltran. It Bo- called out Cora. Beltran, Cora. Uh, and that's about it. That's really it out, you know, that it named uh, directly. And... You really see this as a, man, they're really not going to let the players take the fall for this. And that's not, you know, I'm not trying to throw that on Hinch, but I'm saying it was player-driven is what it said in the report. But how is it player-driven obviously, when you know, it's not player-driven ever because— since the Wall Street Journal thing came out right, Friday. Code, break, code, code breaker, breaker and, and dark, dark arts. arts. Tell me how that's—and so, and those people are fine, It too. just feels like a really—it feels like a weird— Harry Potter show that they just decided to take some names, movie, excuse me, names they just decided to take some names out of and just say, hey, we're, we're smarter than you guys. Let's just do this and no one's going to notice. Yeah, and again, the thing I like the least about all this is that Bregman gets to be that uh, Marshawn Lynch, I ain't talking to the media, the commissioner made his report, crap. Uh, and then, you know, Jose Altuve can say, hey, we're going to go back to the World Series, you know, do that kind of thing. And I'm like, just own it. You guys are as guilty as Jeff Lunau. You guys are as guilty as AJ Hinch for being neglect. Just own it. And I think the, you know, I just think the whole the whole incident is a mess that Major League Baseball is just allowing to happen. Yeah. We'll talk we'll talk more about this as time goes on. And from what I think, it's not over yet. There's going to be a lot more that comes out in the following months and weeks. But we are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, your bottom lines are next. Do you like helping people? Do you think that sexual health education is important at Mizzou? Do you want to grow as an individual? Yeah, Lisa, that's definitely me. You need to apply to Sexual Health Advocate Peer Education, SHAPE. SHAPE is saving the world one barrier method at a time. Their peer educators give presentations all over campus in the Columbia area on topics ranging from abstinence and healthy relationships to anatomy, STIs, and barrier methods. How do I apply? Just Google Shape Mizzou. You can go to studenthealth.missouri.edu and apply online. Wow, thank you so much, Lisa. I want to be a shape here. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. In a world 
where two broke, starving college students have one mission, to break down the entire world of sports in just one hour. Hey, I'm Teddy Mallorca. And I'm Burke Bryan. Come listen to us Mondays from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM to hear Milking the Clock. Welcome back to High Insight on KCOU 88.1 FM. It's time for your bottom lines. Wilson, take thank, us away. Thank you. And I want to go, I want to apologize a little bit real quick about the Taiwan Walker thing. My, my report was inaccurate, and now there are some reports that he might re, reunite with the Seattle Mariners. Now, just try to move on to our regular headlines. And let's start with the Red Sox. And they, we have now, we found out, we have now found, Finally found out the manager. It is Ron Renicki. Renicki last managed for the Milwaukee Brewers. He took them to an NLCS in 2011. He was fired after 14. Then he went to the Dodgers. And then he moved over to the Red Sox under Al Cora's leadership. This would be Renicki's first job in over four, first major league zero job since 14. And spe- speaking up more about the Red Sox, their investigation will reportedly conclude being now. We will finally figure find out their punishments by the by this week from what sources and reports have been telling us. And right now, expect it to be a lesser punishment than the Astros. Logan, do you think the Red Sox should get a lesser punishment than the Astros? Um, no. I think if they're found that they were cheating, it's all the same. I, I think. And I think this is what, you know, could help Manfred save face himself too, is by making punishment uniform. And granted, like I said, I'm very vocal on the fact that I think the Astros got away with a slap on the wrist. But regardless, I think that punishment has to go uh, even and fair throughout Major League Baseball, regardless of the level of punishment or the level of cheating. You know, you can argue what, defines a level of cheating. Yeah. Um, but, you know, take it take it with a grain of salt. I think they should get the same punishment. I mean, I mean if, if you if you do the research, they, you kind of realize that what they did was the less than what the Astros did, but st- still they cheated. And th- that's, the, that's, that's the best thing they, we can talk about. They cheated, and they're still going to punish no matter what. It's just a matter of how is does the punishment fit the crime? And I'll, for me, probably not. But let's try to move on. And Hunter Pence, he's back with the Giants on a one-year deal. He fought, he goes he goes back to San Francisco after a mini stint in Arlington. Now th- there was speculation of him going to Houston, but there are there, there were other things. But right now Hunter Pence is back with the Giants for his first. He will reunite them after spending over, what, seven years with them. And for the Giants, they need an outfield help. Let's try to move on a little bit more. Uh, Montreal, Tampa. So we really haven't heard a lot about it, but Rob Manfred, on record this weekend, he said that the Montreal, Tampa could be a good fit. It could possibly happen. Nope. And it shouldn't. Yeah. Now... Now, one of the people that were trying to bring Tampa to Montreal is a guy in Montreal who has said on the record that that Montreal would be what they could do is have start the season in Montreal, start April, May in Montreal, then start then start the start from what April to June in Montreal, then spend July and September in Tampa. But I'm gonna be honest here: if this actually happens, no one's gonna. Everyone, th- everyone knows this is going to be a failure, right? The, the fact that this is even being considered is so dumb. So here's the thing. And you, my Rob Manfred get, even said it was a good idea, he thought. Again, again, Rob Manfred, day by day, is making me his biggest critic. And it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it spoils up to the point where I'm like, I don't want to watch baseball anymore because I have a vendetta against Rob Manfred and I don't want him pocketing any sort of my, uh, you know, any sort of my uh, monetary... Earnings, so but anyway, no, this is a horrible idea. If you're a season ticket holder, you might get what forty games for a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And also, your team's 
how does that work with TV deals, sponsorships? Like, yeah, that'd be very interesting. Like, then you think about this: They're, your your team could be playing. Well, I guess they're in the, they're in the same time zone, right? Montreal and uh, yeah, they are. Okay, so they're still in the same time zone, but like that that, that just doesn't make sense. I don't want to watch a team playing some like spring training's okay. Because they're still the Philadelphia Phillies. They're still the St. Louis Cardinals for you and me. It doesn't matter that they're playing for a month somewhere else. Because we know they're coming home to play in their home stadium. I don't want to see them play in, uh, you know, the the Rays, for instance. I don't want to see them play in St. Petersburg. Or not St. Petersburg. Um, Montreal. No, where do they play in spring training? I've been there. Lakeland? Uh, no, they don't play in Lakeland. Uh... But we're, we're figuring uh, out. Regardless, uh, I know their team's the Stone Crabs. Their single A team that plays in the stadium. Yeah. But regardless, I don't want to see them play there for a month. Go to Montreal then for a couple more months. They're playing Port Charlotte. Port Charlotte, that's where it is. I've been there. Really nice stadium. Um, I don't want to see them go to Port Charlotte, then go to Montreal, then go to Tampa Bay. Also, what what do you what would we call them? The Montreal Rays of Tampa Bay? There's... It's or the Tampa Bay Rays of Montreal. We just call them a mess. Yeah, let's just call them a mess. But let's move on. We have three more things to talk about. So Steve Cohen, we all we all expected the, the Mets, the, Steve Cohen to get stick from the Mets. Now that uh, that fell that fell apart, and it's unclear why. But Steve Cohen will no longer get. Majority stakes with the Mets in the coming years, or on an MLB team, regardless. Now, according to what reports are saying that, saying because of the fact that Cohen reportedly screwed up the deal somehow, he probably won't get an MLB team ever. Now the Wilpons still intend to sell, but it would be tough to find an owner with that much money as Cohen, who was whose net worth was six billion dollars. But I'll say this though, for for Mets fans. Congratulations. The Wilpons are still your owners. Again. Matt's going to met. That's all I can say. It's The ownership mess is something that... The Mets, they're an interesting team because a really good season could propel them to a wild card spot. I mean, they, they had a good season last year by their standards, but we, it still got hit by the fact that Jason Vargas and... Mickey Callaway screamed at the media in and July. And they also, they also play in the National League East. You know, it's probably, arguably, the best division in baseball right now, uh, talent-wise. Okay, fair. I was- and so, you know, you play in the tough division. You have this hanging over your shoulder. You have a good season where this doesn't distract you. Also, you hired Carlos Beltran as your manager, and he he didn't even manage the game. Literally, the, the meme Mets going to met is l- I I honestly the entire off season is Matt's gonna met yeah yeah it's it, hilarious it, it's sad and like I said they have the potential in my opinion to be a wild card team if they play you know up and maybe a little bit above their standards of you know that everyone puts on them uh, and this to me is just you know another kick while they're down so it's a shame yeah let's try to move on because if the Mets gonna met. Let's, we, we will move on. So, two more things. Chris Young, the former MLB pitcher, not the hitter. He will now be, he will now replace Joe Torre as MLB's disciplinarian. So, anything that happens on the field, off the field, he will be the one that makes the decision. Torre now becomes special assistant to the commissioner. And I'll say this Chris Young. I don't know how I feel, but we'll see what happens. I will say one thing. If he was in charge when the Astros punishment was coming down, a pitcher was dealing out a punishment to a team that hurt pitchers, man, it would have been way worse. Also one worse and also remember, remember Christian won a worse series with the Royals in 2015. And let's move on to the final thing. And I completely forgot about this until... My boy, our boy Logan. Because I, I, I wanted to talk about this. So actually, I want to bring this up. Uh, you mind? Sure, why not? All right. So it came out last week too that Pete Rose has again filed for reinstatement to Commissioner Rob Manfred on the basis that the punishment dealt out to the Astros was 
you know, like I said, a slap on the wrist, despite the fact that it had a direct impact on the game, whereas his suspension, again, from a different commissioner, was a lifetime ban for something that didn't directly impact the game. So, Wilson, should Pete Rose be reinstated? You know I think yes. I mean, the obvious answer is yes, but will he? I mean, he did try this already in 2015. I think he has a better case now. Yeah, he has a better case now. He does, but the facts still remain. His last attempt was in 2015 from Rob Manfred. Now, the stuff has happened between 15 and 19. We all know that. But, well, I think Manfred will reinstate him. I mean, he needs some PR. He needs some good PR after the mess he pulled. But I, for, for me, I feel like Manfred is much, it's too old school that he's going to respect the traditions of baseball and say probably not. Now, he has said on occasion that MLB does not recognize players that, who are dead. They are no longer on MLB's ineligible list. So people like Shoeless Joe Jackson, they can enter the hall now if they wanted to. But... Well, do I think should he? Yes, because what P. Rose did, first off, gambling, and he didn't do it as a player. He did it, it as a manager. Major League Baseball literally makes money off it now too. Yeah, ever since the ever since uh, the Supreme Court ruled gambling is sports gambling is officially legal, depending on each state. It's for for me, Rose should get. He should. He should. No question. Just like Barry Bonds, how Barry Bonds and Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. And then the other thing, too, is, um, you know, part of uh, Manfred's uh, rejection of his first reinstatement to him back in 2015 was because he said there's been no change. And Rose literally said he uh, he bets in his uh, home city of Vegas. That's where he resides yeah, right now. Where gambling is legal. Where he, you know, if he wants to, he can legally do that. Also, he bets on his, he betted on his own team. He didn't bet against other teams. He betted on his own games. Right. And, you know, that that's a little iffy because, you know, he it had. depends on what he. But he didn't always bet on his own games. Yeah. And it does, like, to me, for, for, Manfred, a too. for Manfred to say that you haven't changed Despite the fact that now Major League Baseball makes money off gambling, like, and especially after the handling of this Astros situation, there's no reason Pete Rose should not be reinstated into baseball and put right into the hall. I think it's almost like the Colin Kaepernick thing where he's like, the uh, owners have colluded to keep me out of the league. I think... Manfred's colluding to keep Pete Rose out of the league, but you know what? That's my that's my wild card hot take right there. Man, that gets me hot. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I think we were both in agreement that he should be reinstated. Yeah. He should have been a while ago. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Pitcher and Catchers report this week what's the most interesting battle when they when pitcher, when spring training starts February twelfth. You're listening to High and Tight on KCOU 88.1 FM, KCOU.FM, or anywhere you can stream on. KCOU is brought to you by MaxFix. Broken phone? You're in luck. Conveniently located in the MU Student Center behind the U.S. Bank, MaxFix provides a variety of technical services, including crack screen repair, battery replacement, and computer repair. To learn more about MaxFix, visit www.maxfixmazoo.com. For questions and quotes, call 573-219-7551. Let MaxFix take care of all your repair needs. Again, that number is 573-219-7551. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Tune in to one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. Join host Garrett Jones to talk the weirdest and wackiest in all four professional sports. I'm on from Sunday nights from 5 to 6 on KCU 88.1 FM. And if you ever miss a show, catch it wherever you 
enjoy podcasts. It's one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. We are back on High and Tight on KCAU 88.1 FM, KCAU.FM, and on the two and anywhere you can stream on. Or and if you're listening on Spotify, th- welcome to. Thank you for listening to us on Spotify. You know, you know what di- what this week means for baseball. Baseball's back until gosh, September. Uh, no, October. Maybe November. I don't know. October, yeah. It was for Halloween. First, baseball is fi- finally back. Basically. So, pitchers and catchers report February 12th. For the Reds, they report February 11th. The but earliest one is, I think, tomorrow, February yeah. 10th. Diamondbacks? Today's, today's the 10th. T- tomorrow's oh, the 11th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Reds 11th. report early. Yes. But anyway, baseball is officially back. And there's a lot of head- battles in baseball. A lot of really intriguing ones. But, Logan... What what is the most intriguing battle for you in all baseball? So I actually have two, and I, I say two because of course the one I have is the Phillies. But I think it is an interesting, uh, an interesting battle in spring training. It's who's going to play second base, because you have two second. You uh, there's no set third baseman on that roster. It was Michael Franco. It was Franco, but now he is with Kansas City, and so right now you're looking at Kingery. Or Segura, and I don't know if you're. This is the thing. I don't know if if you're the Phillies. Are you seeing who's best at their base or who's best at second base, and just deferring the other per, you know the other player over there? Like what what is the plan? I, I I know that the plan now is to have them, you know, one play one position, one play the other, but they're both second basemen. And I'm sorry, a good second baseman is not a great third baseman. Now that I think is going to be interesting because I think it's going to set up. Uh, how the Phillies season overall is going to go yeah. because yeah, their bullpen uh, has a lot of questions. Their rotation has a lot of questions, but this is a question we thought we were going to have answered as uh, you know, the baseball world. We're like, yes, this is going to be the Phillies, their baseman. This is going to be their shortstop. And and then there's Alec Boehm. Throw him into the mix. If he has a really good spring, who knows the other one. And this one, I think uh, more people can relate with is Carter Kaboom. The, the Nationals third baseman. The Nationals third baseman. They got a Strubel Cabrera to play third base, but is is it Keyboom? Kaboom? Keyboom, I think. Keyboom. Okay, we're gonna go. Carter Keyboom. Is he going to play third base every day? Because yeah, he's young talent. He's got a really good bat, really good defense, uh, defensive metrics to back up. You know why he should be playing third, but you know is he is he ready? I th- I think that's gonna be an interesting battle we see. Uh, in the World Series champions camp, but okay. Before I I go to mine, I'll say this. For some reason, I thought Carter Keyboom was a catcher. For some reason, for some that's reason, that's just like such a catcher name. Yeah, Carter Keyboom. Like it sounds like a catcher. I don't know. It just sounds like a catcher name. Yeah, I, I told me that. That's why I felt like I thought he was a catcher before I, I I found out like a couple months ago that he was a third baseman. Like he, I swore he was a catcher, but. Let's move on. So I have two. Both are revolving around the Astros. Let's start with the the on the field one. It's the rotate. It's whoever wins the last two spots. Now we we know actually the last spot. Excuse me. We know what the first four are likely going to be: Verlander, Granke, Lance McCullers, who's back from Tommy's elbow surgery, and we have to assume now after his great game five in the World Series, Jose Urquidy. He's probably good. Those are probably going to be the four starters. Now, the fifth starter will be very interesting because you have right now there. There's talk of Brad Peacock, who has starting experience. He started back in 17 and a little bit in 19. Austin Pruitt, a guy that they acquired from the Marlins, and there was also a lot of Butler Varner names on that list too, who could potentially start. Josh James, who's who looks who who's okay. Brian Abreu. Who's, who looked really who had a legitimate shot at making the postseason roster? Framber Valdez, Forrest Whitley, the, their top pitching prospect, Sai Sneed, and Francis Martez. When you look at look at names, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine names that could potentially 
get those spots, and four of them are probably going to move four out of the nine. The other four out of eight will go to the bullpen. And for me, it would be very interesting to watch who gets that fifth, fifth roster spot, fifth starting spot for the Astros. My second one, it's off the field. Astros versus the media and the world. <laughs> I mean, let's be... It's, it's obvious. They, they, they're... They're worse. We've, people are, are thinking they're worse than the evil empire now. I mean... I prefer the Yankees to win over the... And that's that's bold for me to say because I've held a grudge since... For about 10 years now, I've held yeah. a grudge against the Yankees. But for some reason, what the Astros did... It hit my heartstrings, and I'm. I mean, angry if we want to compare it, it, like, it felt like I don't know. What's the biggest betrayal to ever happen in television or film? Um, have you seen The Irishman on Netflix recently? Yes, I have. Oh my God, Frank Sheeran when he. Spoiler alert: When Frank Sheeran kills Jimmy Hoffa, my heart sank. I mean, That's what this felt like. If I can make a meme, it'd be the Astros, would be Frank Sheeran, and. Major League Baseball's entire fan base were Jimmy Hoffa. We just got blindsided and left for dead. Uh, did you really expect Jimmy Hoffa to be alive? No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I knew he was gonna die, but I didn't want Frank to kill him. <laughs> oh my god! <coughs> I mean, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's go. Right. And now, now before we before we end here, I, I do want to uh, you know ask one question to you. And this is something I realized. Uh, the Angels did do a lot to bring, you know, Rendon in. They didn't get Garrett Cole like they uh, had been reported they were after. But they do have Otani back. Now, is Otani going to be uh, a once-a-week guy? Yes. Or is he going to be up every five days? He has to be once a week because the thing is, he's a great, he's a two-way player. And he's done that. He's that's the only thing he has done in his entire career. He's never done five days. He has he did the once a week thing back in uh it was Japan. He did back in Japan too. I I think at best he he has, he has a good bat. I mean let's not lie. No, he has a phenomenal bat. Yeah, and the thing is you want that bat in the lineup most times. I'm I'm gonna be honest. As great as Albert Pujols is, I'd rather have Otani over forty year old Albert Pujols. I'm not gonna lie. All right. And I I think at, at Otani still needs to get to start, but he's also he also hasn't pitched in a year, so I think he'd probably be on an innings limit. And if that's the case, have him pitch once a week, but have him start opening day. And for me, Otani, look, are are the Angels going to be a, a serious threat? Probably. Are they going to win the AL Central? Probably not. I mean, AL West? Probably not. But if you want Otani to succeed, once a week is probably the best thing for him for his career. That is it for High and Tight on this cold and chilly Monday. We will be back for another week. And with spring training running around, we hopefully will have some more headlines coming out out of Arizona and Florida. You're listening, you're listening to High and Tight on KCU 88.1 FM, KCU.FM, and anywhere you're streaming or on Spotify. Have a great week.